0: Welcome to another episode of podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan. But it sure does help, except when you were watching on Sunday. I'm your host, Tom. Okay, we, we can beat the Lions, right? Right, grassy. And uh, yeah, this is getting recorded on a Monday, the day after, because why not just throw salt in the wound immediately? <laughs> so this is getting recorded. It'll come out on Thursday as we are going to take a look and preview the matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football at Lambeau Field. And with us today, oh, oh, oh we got a legend as a <laughs> member of the Grassi Posse, a legend. You may know of her as the Lore Queen. You may know of her as Kristen with like 16 R's. Oh, maybe today, 17. Oh, 17? That's my bet. That's, That's on me. That's on me. I'll edit it out. But today, she is representing the Detroit Lions fan base. Yes, there's a few of them out there. Ladies and gentlemen, Kirsten coming on the show. Kirsten, thanks for joining. Thanks for joining.
1: That just might be the best intro I have ever
0: heard in my entire life. <laughs> I aim to please. I aim to please. And uh, I'm glad that I could provide that. Thanks so much for coming on. It's the Lore Queen. This is yeah. this, is, this is exciting stuff here. This is exciting stuff. You know, we, we've had we had Jim B., uh as a Lions mm-hmm. fan on here. Yep. And so now we're we're moving, we're moving across the moderator world. And and you were just like, listen, we gotta talk about the Detroit Lions.
1: And the dumpster fire that is us recently. I mean, <laughs> hey. thank you for having me. This has been this is I'm so excited.
0: Listen, you scored touchdowns.
1: <laughs> and you didn't. We didn't really <laughs> so happy.
0: <laughs> we did not score touchdowns and 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 I don't want to, I don't want to use like really strong words like hope or optimism, but I mean, there are a lot of ch- 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 changes going on with the Detroit lions. As of late mm-hmm. got new head coach, new QB for the next five seconds, new kicker. You got, uh, you got, got new, new, uh, new, new, at least kind of sort of new owner, even though it's the part of the same family, right. Mm-hmm. But technically kind of what have you. So you had a tumultuous off let's Thank say. You. And, uh, I guess we'll start with the biggest news uh, from the offseason, and that was beloved quarterback Matthew Stafford uh, departing uh, to the L.A. Rams. In which you got you got a pretty good uh, pretty good compensation with that. He's got a whole bunch of draft picks and what have you. So I'm curious of your thoughts because I feel like it depends on who I talk to as a Lions fan. Some were like, "Yes, it was time for him to go." Some are just like, "You know, I didn't want to see him go, but I'm happy for him." And then the other ones are like, "No, I wanted to keep him at all costs." Where are you along that spectrum?
1: I wanted to keep him at all costs. Forever. For, well, to a point. I mean, <laughs> Stafford has done so much for this city. He has single-handedly won us games several times. I have fond memories of me in my childhood running around the living room as he scores the final winning play. and I'm just so happy. And you can't really replace that. Stafford is criminally underrated. I mean, he is top 10 quarterback in my eyes, always has been. And I think he proved last night that he will be a top ten quarterback in the Rams because having a career passer rating like career best with sure. a new team, first sure. go, yeah, that stings. Um, <laughs> even, yeah, that was fun. But uh, I wanted to keep Stafford just because he's he's in his prime. He he can mm. do it all still. But but. He did have like some downsides. I mean, people call him Stat Padford because there's a lot of garbage time stats in that, and I'm not afraid to admit that. But he can show up in those clutch situations, which we needed a quarterback to show up in clutch situations on Sunday, and Jared Goff fell short,
0: (laughs) just a little bit, just a tad. Yeah, I feel like the uh, the narrative around Matthew Stafford it it completely shifts. Like you could do the stat Patford one, or you could be like criminally underrated. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I saw a tweet uh, this morning, actually, I had like 14,000 likes or something. Cause it was gaining some popularity. And it was basically saying that like, he would never understand the narrative that Matthew Stafford never had weapons in Detroit mm-hmm. because he had Calvin Johnson. And I'm looking at this tweet and I'm like, okay, did he have a hall of fame wide receiver? Yes. Absolutely. Like he had that, but, and I'm curious of what your take is on this. However, run game ever (laughs) defense, not really there either offensive line at times, not really there ever. So like, I'm curious of what your take on that is. Like, do you think that Matthew Stafford's success in Detroit was limited because of the lack of weapons around him. Did you think it was management? Do you think it's the constant like shifting of head coaches? Like, why do you think Matthew Stafford doesn't get the respect that he deserves?
1: I think it's a little bit of all of the above. I mean, he never had a great offensive line. I mean, we have the second best center in the se- center in the league in uh, Frank Rag now. But we haven't really had those other foundational pieces at the O-line to keep him safe. He is always running for his life. And he is not the most athletic person in the world. <laughs> so he he really can't do a Lamar Jackson sprint for 20 yards and get whatever we needed to get. And it's not like he has had not had receiving re- weapons. I mean, we had Megatron, obviously. But then you have Galladay and Jones in the past couple of years. And they have been very productive. And they're both criminally underrated, in my opinion. But... Just the the carousel of coaches that we've had. I mean, we've had so many different people trying to lead this team and pulling us in so many different directions. He really did not want to go through another rebuild. And honestly, after Patricia, I do. I (laughs) totally see it because he drove this team into the ground. There were only three players that survived Patricia's era before Patricia came here. That was Stafford. That was Don Muhlbach, who is now gone. And that was Prater, who is also now gone. So in the past three years, we have a completely different roster. Yeah. So it's, yeah.
0: That's a, that's a, no, so like, okay. So in, in that sense, because this came up when the Packers hired Joe Barry, because Joe Barry, a former defensive coordinator of yours. Mm-hmm. And this was the conversation that I had with Packers fans. And it was either, well, he, he, was in charge of the defense in which they didn't win a single game <laughs> one <laughs> or two. It was just, they never had the players, right? They didn't have anywhere near the talent that the Packers had. It was all personnel, what have you. So for lions fans who have kind of gone through, as you put it, like this carousel of head coaches. And on top of that, these years and years and years of minimal bright spots, right? You beat the Packers and you're just like, yes, <laughs> like you yeah. did it. Like, why is it a matter of you just can't find the right person to lead? Is it higher up? And you're looking at, you know, GM, which I know that was a problem. You're looking at ownership, like with the Fords. Is that an issue? Because at like some point you look at the Browns in which they go through massive droughts, right? They can't find a franchise QB. They're going through all these problems. But now they're starting to have like a renaissance and they're starting to do better, you know, And, and there's teams that have kind of like fluctuated over the years. But it seems like the Lions... Like there might be a season where it's like, oh, okay, like maybe, maybe and then we're, we're back to like square one. So, like, why, in your opinion, do you think like this keeps on happening for as long as it has?
1: I think it's just terrible luck. We oh. try, we we hire the pop. We at the time we hire the best people for the job. In my opinion, sometimes I mean, Patricia looked decent coming out of New England, but even with the whole story of behind the whole Belichick coaching tree, we were willing to give him a chance it obviously flopped in the first year and we kept them for way longer than we should have. And our <laughs> we've had, had the talent. I mean, we've had Barry Sanders for in the nineties. We had Calvin Johnson, we've had Stafford in my opinion, and we, we just had so many players. We've had these pieces, but we just can't put it together. It's, it is bad luck. It could be coaching. It could be, you could pull strings at a million different things. It's just, I just think it's bad luck.
0: Yeah. So it's just a matter of, like, just not putting it all together, right? In which, like, yeah. there's you didn't have the right coach at the time. You didn't have the offensive line at the time. You, didn't, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and things just didn't sync up.
1: Yeah, we never had a team that meshes together. Like, we've had a My good God. defense at one point, and the offense wasn't clicking. We've had a great offense at one point. The defense wasn't clicking. If sure. both, if they were both clicking, then we don't have the coaching staff to throw it all together and give us a decent game plan and go for it. And, so, yeah, you could put that, you could put point that, pin that on the ownership.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And so, like, you're sitting here now, right, and you watch Matthew Stafford tear up the Chicago Bears (laughs) on Sunday Night Football, which was glorious. Yes. Um, You watch that happen. What are, like, how are you feeling? Is it, like, one of those things that's, like, I'm happy for you? (laughs) Or is it, like, this bittersweet kind of, like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I was wearing
1: my Stafford jersey while that was game was happening, so I was extremely happy for him.
0: Okay, okay. Is so, that, like, you want to see him do well on the Rams?
1: I do want to see him do well on the Rams, but I want the Rams to be somewhat bad so we can get good draft picks from him.
0: Oh, that's a good call. That's yeah. a good call. So it's like, listen, spread your wings and fly, do well, but not too well.
1: Exactly. Like, like, not, like, not too well. Go get the MVP. Go get break all the records. Go be the best quarterback there ever was. But please help us in a little bit.
0: Not right, us, now, not, not right now, though.
1: Not right
0: now, though. You got a couple of years for that. Yeah, yeah. you can still rock and roll with that. Yeah, and I mean, you compare it. You mentioned it before. You compare it to, like, Jared Goff, right? In which you look at the first half of that game against the 49ers. And and to be fair, like, the 49ers, they have a good defense, right? Yes. But, and, and you guys were like... I think in the Pick'em League, it was like 99% the, the people picked the 49ers to win. So, like, you look at that and you look at Jared Goff. For you, like, what does Jared Goff represent? Is he kind of like that stopgap between, like, the next franchise QB that you're eventually going to draft? Is he a guy that you're, like, willing to kind of test out and see how it goes? Like, what are your feelings on Jared Goff?
1: Since we had the GM who basically drafted Jared Goff and Brad Holmes, I think Hol- I think uh, Goff is the guy just to sit there and see how he works out. We can build everything else around Goff at the moment, but I mean we also restructured his contract. We did; he didn't have guaranteed money two years afterwards, like in his deal. Yeah. But then we restructured him, so now he's guaranteed money for four years. So seeing that the, the- The franchise is kind of committed to golf for a while, and I'm okay with that. Let's build up the rest of the team. Let's invest in the trenches like we did in the last draft. Let's go get those weapons. Let's develop this young secondary that we have. And hopefully they can become a decent unit, and then we can throw in a quarterback in there, whether that be in the draft or in free agency, and just see what happens because that's really a route that the franchise in itself hasn't really tried out yet. Mm. So let's try everything, and maybe this one will actually stick.
0: Yeah, I mean, because you've you've had, you know, high draft picks, obviously, in the, mm-hmm. in the past few years. And, you know, I know you and I have talked about, like, Okuda, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And you talk about, like, the bad luck thing. I mean, that's a perfect example of it, right? Yep. Okuda is number three overall, right? He's number three. Yep. And, you know, it was him and Isaiah Simmons and, you know, it could have gone either way. But, like, Okuda was supposed to be, like, that surefire, like, can't fail, like, corner. And he struggled. You know, he struggled last season. And unfortunately, his season has already come to an end, you know, and he didn't really look too good yesterday. And I know that you are an Okuda stan and are willing to not <laughs> say he's a bust just yet.
1: Right. He has had terrible luck. I mean, he's had the worst coaching staff that we've had since the 0-16 season. Our defense was actually statistically worse than <laughs> the 0-8 season last year. So and that's with Okuda. He has had, and obviously quarterback is the toughest position to train the transition between the college and the NFL and having the worst coaching staff possibly ever trying to like teach him how to play in the NFL is not a good look. He has worked so hard in this past offseason. We have Aubrey pleasant who has uh, basically been mentoring him since he was a youngin, and, he's been working with him so much during camps. And he's been, he, he's been working so hard. He has the strongest worth ethic, according to our beat writers. And just to see this happen to him in the game, is just so heartbreaking because I know he can be good. He has shown those flashes all throughout last season and in this game. Yes, he let a guy blow by him, but we're not going to talk about that. (laughs) Um, But he does have the potential to be worthy of that number three overall pick, but now we just have to wait another year. And all the critics are going to be booing and saying that he's a bust already, but we have to wait three to five years. That's what we've always said. So yeah. let's, let's see him in year three, but it's not looking good at the moment.
0: Yeah. And I mean, they, that clip went viral yesterday of like the coach screaming at him. Right. <laughs> and like, but they also didn't show like, he also at the end, like embraced him and like things like that. Yep. And th- I, I feel like over the years, as I've talked to a ton of lions fans, I feel like they 100% is like a media bias against the lions because <sighs> like 1 million, like it's, it's, it, once you notice it, like it becomes really, really evident because it's a, a very rarely talked about franchise. The lions are like often like crapped on and like not really focused on at all. and i and I feel like when you have something like that, you're like, oh, the lions are bad again. Look at them. And it's kind of like just like fitting that narrative mm-hmm. as a fan. like how? Is there, like, a huge difference between, like, the beat writers you mentioned, the people who actually cover the team, and, like, the national media every time they decide to actually focus on the Lions? Like, is there, like, a huge difference between those two things?
1: Most definitely. Our beat writers have been high on Stafford since the end of time. And it's funny, he's on Stafford throughout the whole season because last year he was ranked out of the top 10 in QBs everywhere because he's on the Lions. All of a sudden, you put him on the Rams after a down year last year, and all of a sudden, he's the best quarterback that ever was. <laughs> I mean, it. there is a bias out there. I do believe that. It's the whole Detroit versus everybody narrative that some people always run with. It's not as bad as some people think, but it's you, you definitely see it there. And as a fan, it's so heartbreaking just to see that we have talent on this team and they're being crapped on 24-7. And it's wearing on the players. It's wearing on the fans. It's wearing on the city as a general.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Well, in, in talking about, like, actually getting some, like, news coverage and stuff, uh, there was a lot of coverage coming out during this offseason, not just because of the Matthew Stafford trade, uh, but because of your new head coach hiring in Dan Campbell, mm-hmm. uh, who it's now infamous, uh, talking about biting kneecaps. <laughs> um, and, like, he is just, like, I know he's mentioned on the Pat McAfee show a lot. It, he just seems like a very blunt honest, like, you know, we got our asses kicked, we're going to go kick ass kind of person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm curious on, like, what your take is, considering you had Matt Patricia, and now you've transitioned to this. What do you think, like, the Lions franchise saw in him? And as a fan, like, how do you feel about Dan Campbell?
1: I think the franchise saw energy in him. We never had that energy and that fire with Patricia. I mean, he was riding around on an ATV (laughs) during practice. I mean, and then there's Dan Campbell. Yeah, and then there's Dan Campbell who's doing up-downs with the defense. Yeah, I mean, he Dan Campbell was a player. He was on the 08 Lions. He knows what it's like to be beat down and having their own kneecaps bitten off, per <laughs> se. But that quote was blown out of the water in some regards, and I don't think that Campbell should be defined by that single quote. He is a guy who really cares about his players and really wants his team to succeed. And by that quote just being blown out proportion it's just kind of disheartening in some ways because there's a lot of people who took it in the negative context and he he's not a, he's not a coach that wants another player to go get hurt like some people are like oh buddy kneecaps oh we're going to be the next bounty or the next bounty gate no. or whatever no that's not happening uh dan campbell is such a stark contrast with patricia and i think that's also what the franchise wanted we just wanted something that was completely different and it, this yeah. might just work because I have never rooted for a coach so hard in my life. And we're only one game in. I mean, he brings a whole fire to the sideline in general. I mean, this team did not give up on Sunday. And sure. with Patricia, I mean, we, we always ran out of gas during halftime. He brings so much energy to the squad and I'm just very excited yeah. to see what he does with it. And it's something different. We're trying something different. I mean, let's just give it a
0: chance. Yeah, I mean throw some darts at the like the board, right? And see yeah. see if anything sticks. And to talk about the 49ers game, you coming into that game heavily, heavily uh <laughs> underdogs, <laughs> to, to say the least. And the first half, I was like, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be rough. But then you started to see, you know, around the fourth quarter, there is a little bit of a resurgence. Now you know, there's already people who are saying like, well, it's garbage time. It really doesn't matter kind of thing. Did you see it as it's just garbage time or did you see it as like there actually was like a resurgence that was coming from this offense and this defense to actually kind of keep the 49ers at bay and start putting points on the board?
1: Mm, Most definitely. During the first half, I was like, oh, it's like the same old Lions in a way, but we did hold it close until like three minutes before the half ended because that's when we let up a touchdown. We let up a pick six and we let up a field goal. That's yeah. 17 points against us within three minutes. And yeah. probably what's the cr- most crucial time in the game. So we came into the third half down by whatever we were down by. And it, w- <laughs> it was it was just bad in the third quarter. And, like, yeah, I lost the hope. It's like, oh, yay, game over, whatever. Let's move on to next week. But in the fourth quarter, we did see the resurgence from the offense and defense, not because the Niners let off the pedal quite yet, because there were still starters on the field, and not many people were hurt. post I'm sorry. But – it, I did see a resurgence in the offense. Goff started playing a lot better. I mean, yes, he was a – TJ Hawkinson was a magnet from Goff. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was just throwing all in the Hawkinson. He was catching everything. It was lovely. The offense did come alive. I mean, Goff started throwing the ball down the field, which is something he needs to keep doing, not just in garbage time, but just <laughs> keep doing that, please. And, yes, our running game sped up in the th- in the second half, and our defense did make a couple stops. I mean, we got a fumble with only a few minutes left in the fourth. Yeah. That put us in good position to possibly tie that game. Did I think we were ever going to go into overtime? No, because we're the Lions. But <laughs> we we did have a shot, and we did have that fire to keep us going through the fourth quarter, and yeah.
0: Yeah, I get it. I mean, you you talk about the Detroit Lions, and you see a team like – I'm gonna talk basketball for a hot second as I'm such an expert in that field. <laughs> so you have like the Milwaukee Bucks who go like 50 years without winning a championship. And like you look at the Browns who were bad for such a long time. And like as soon as they won a game after like a year and a half, they got free Bud Light, right? Which again is a punishment, but you know, to each mm-hmm. their own. And in terms of like the Lions, you know. I feel wow. like this is an opportunity for, like, a legit rebuild in which, you know, if you have the right guy in Dan Campbell, it's exactly what you said, right? It's rebuilding the trenches and starting from there. It's rebuilding that secondary. It's getting some more weapons. A big narrative is that how you have no wide receivers to throw to, right? Because <laughs> Jones and Galladay are out. And I feel like fans at this point, and please correct me if I'm wrong, they're like, okay, yeah, we're in, like we're in rebuild mode. Like, this is where mm-hmm. we're at. And like any bits of progress that we can see, is, is there, those are positives, right? Yes. And then we, you know, keep building in the draft and investing in the draft, develop those players, and then hopefully, you know, some success long term can actually come out of it.
1: Mm-hmm. I just want to see growth through this team throughout the entire season. I don't care if we go seventeen to zero or, or zero and seventeen. I mean, yeah. seventeen to zero would be great, but we can't do that anymore. <laughs> but uh, I, I just. I want to see this team grow. We have a very young team. We have the second youngest roster in the league. Let's build up these young players. Let's invest heavily in the draft because we have a stock of picks waiting for us. Let's do this rebuild right. We've never had a rebuild where we just torn everything to shreds and then just started away from the bottom. We've always had a piece somewhere in a quarterback, in a running back, in a receiver. But now we don't. We have an open slate which was probably very compelling to Campbell to go back to his hometown and rebuild the team like he wanted to. And our new GM, Brad Holmes, he looked incredibly comfortable in the draft room. I mean, he basically predicted every single pick up to the Lions pick in in the first round, which was incredible to see. If we have a GM that can, like, land us those studs and we have a coach that can help us get through this, then maybe four to five years we plug in a new quarterback and we see what happens.
0: Yeah. No, I I don't see why not. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's 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 just hopefully the, the the management and leadership and what have you, like, they're the right people to do the job. And, you know, as long as things go well, you know, maybe you find some long-term success. Mm-hmm. And in speaking about, like, this season, uh, a lot of people coming in on, like, crapping on the line saying that they're going to probably be vying for, like, the number one pick overall, which, by the way, I said was not the case. I said the Texans were probably going to be it, but after yesterday, it might look like the Jaguars are. But... <laughs> Um, what are your thoughts on this season? And like, what is the ceiling for this team?
1: I, th- I don't know what the ceiling is for this team, but I don't know what the basement is either. Hmm. We, This team is such a big question mark because we've never seen all these guys together on a team before we have, we don't have any relevant statistics from this team whatsoever. These, this team hasn't played a single snap together yeah. except for yesterday. So we're only going off of one game. But I do think seven wins is probably our ceiling. I mean, if we if we get seven wins, yay, we got seven wins. But no, we got a lower draft pick. I mean, there's just gonna be people yeah. on both ends of that spectrum in sure. general. I I think our floor is like two wins, maybe. Okay. I mean, <laughs> there's always a chance for us to go 0 17 because we have done it before. <laughs> but <laughs> that that probably won't happen. Probably. Yeah. Watch yeah. me eat my words. And-
0: Watch well, the two wins will be against the Packers because that'll be my life. But oh, that be great.
1: <laughs> it's fun,
0: of course it would. And speaking of uh, focusing on Monday night, um, so the Packers came out and uh, <laughs> let's, let's set this context first. First of all, no one in the NFC North won. All right, let's just get that out of the way. We have first
1: the best offense in of the North. Course. Points scored, by the
0: way. So yeah, that's sad. <laughs> um, yeah. And in terms of what you're looking at, you had the 49ers, right? You guys had that little resurgence, put some points on the board, et cetera, et cetera. Except, like, put up a fight in the fourth quarter against a very good 49ers team. Mm-hmm. The Vikings lost to the Bengals. Here goes me. Yeah. And the uh, and then the Bears got their butts kicked by the uh, by the Rams. Yeah. So the Packers. Uh, got absolutely demolished and destroyed, and didn't score a single <laughs> touchdown. Uh, and the only points they put up was from one Mason Crosby. they got so bad they put Jordan Love in. So all of a sudden, a game uh, that a lot of people were already looking past, because following the Lions, we have the 49ers, and then we have the Steelers. So those are uh, those are some rough games ahead. Uh, And so now all of a sudden there's a lot of pressure because if we lose to the Detroit Lions, we start 0-2 and we're about to go into a very difficult two-game stretch without David Bakhtiari. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious um, as to how you feel about this game because (laughs) if you asked me two days ago, I would have felt really confident. (laughs) But now it's not that I'm not confident. It's just like uh, maybe taking a, a shot or two. So I'm curious of like what you're looking at for this game. You know, how confident are you? Because the Lions, listen, as you know, there's some games that either one, you'll just win, or two, it'll just take until the very last second uh, for us to win with some field goals. Mm-hmm. So yeah. or how many? But uh oh. I'm curious like I had to. I had I had to get one <laughs> in there. I had to get the one in there. Yeah, but like what do you see going down Monday night, Lambeau Field, home opener, uh Lions Packers.
1: If you were to interview me two days ago, I would have walked in here and said we had virtually no chance because we had a rebuilding team and you guys went to the NFC Championship last year and lost, but we're not going to talk about that. But now I, do see, that little, <laughs> I now do see that little glimmer of hope that maybe, maybe somehow we can pull a little magic out of our butts and figure out how to beat that, you guys. I mean, your guys' are secondary didn't look great. Nothing looked great from you guys. But if we can just pull together and play like we did in that fourth quarter using Jamal Williams and the run game, obviously. I had to bring it up. I had to. (laughs) I do think that we do have a shot to beat you guys, but I will not say that we are gonna fully and blow you guys out because I do not think that's gonna happen. I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna have a day because of our depleted secondary. And with Okuda missing, that's even worse. With our D line not doing anything, it's even even worse. So,
0: yeah, Jay Swag <laughs> that I mean, he crushed it. He uh, did one. He did. I'm so I'm I'm so happy for Jamal Williams. I just wish him nothing but all the success in the world. And like, he's just such an amazing human being. Like yes. his personality is so infectious. And every single time I saw him, like doing a press conference or doing making the beat writers do like rock paper scissors yep. to like he was going to answer a question. I mean, like, come on. Come on. Like,
1: this city has fallen in love with him. I mean, there are so many Jamal Williams jerseys that are already out there. I see people wearing them already. And he, he was playing catch with the fans before the game yesterday. He was just throwing these balls to the, the, the kids in the stands. And that was just so great to see. I mean, we have we have these people on the team now that have our like big personalities. We never really had that with Patricia. We have a new energy in the yeah. locker room. And we've never really had that in a while. And our our running game with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, who did not murder anybody. Um, That running game could be one of the best in the league if we do give them the chance. I mean, our O-line is significantly improved from last season with Sewell. So they do have the chance
0: to do some damage. I mean, we couldn't stop the run game on Sunday, so... (laughs) uh... There's uh there there is potential. It'll be it'll be very bittersweet seeing Jamal Williams return home to Lambeau Field uh on Monday night. I feel mm-hmm. like uh, you know, with Aaron Jones there's gonna be a reunion and there's gonna be tears and there's gonna be uh there'll be lots of lots of things going on but yeah. listen I just want to say real quick make sure that you take care of him because we already uh sent Tim Boyle your way and you <laughs> already destroyed him so
1: he just whack his head on a helmet he's fine he's fine
0: uh-huh. I, I heard surgery uh surgery was a thing that was uh was happening and you know what I still am not convinced that it wasn't Jared Goff and um <laughs> because Tim Boyle laser show would have definitely uh I think I uh, got the QB1 uh, look, but that's neither that's neither here nor there. there. <laughs> Kirsten, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, having you on, coming in, talking about the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Lions, I always have, like, this weird relationship with the Lions because, <laughs> you know, they, they can kick our ass. They've done it before. We have, like, sometimes these down-to-the-wire games. But, like, I... I can't hate them. I mean, you can hate us, and I know you—that a lot of the fan base does—and that's okay. That's totally yeah, fine. I, I yeah. accept that. I accept that. But at the same time, like, you know, we hate the Vikings and the Bears so much more, especially the Vikings. But yes. I, uh, I look forward uh, to our rivalry getting renewed. <laughs> um, I know that many are looking forward to Aaron Rodgers no longer being in this division.
1: Please, uh, please, please get him out, please. <laughs>
0: But then, uh, you know, Jordan Love will just come in and be a first ballot Hall of Famer, so you know that yeah, works. We'll see. That, that works. Happens. That we'll see. So, but, Kristen, where can the people find you for the the takes of the Lions or the lore that goes on between the YouTube channels? Where can they find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter. It's probably in the description. If it's not, well, <laughs> you can you can find me in the YouTube chats. I'm always in there. You just paint me. I'm there.
0: That's yeah. true. Blue wrench, mod, what yep. have you. But it's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you uh, coming on. Best of luck with the season. Beat everybody except the Green Bay Packers. No. Okay. <laughs> right, don't beat you know what? Don't beat anybody then. In that case, that's uh, that's oh, oh. that's it. But folks, thank you so much for watching. I'm Tim Grassy, and as always, go back go.